Hi, and welcome to the Indivisible YOLO podcast, a podcast by and for members of Indivisible YOLO. Today, we're here with Lily Starling, who is the executive director of the YOLO County Democratic Party. Let's do it. I'm Elizabeth Aramas Diaz, and today we're here with Lily Starling, who is the executive director of the Yolo County Democratic Party. Lily, thank you so much for being here with us today. Elizabeth, thank you so much for having me back on the show. I really appreciate it. So a couple of weeks ago, we heard from a young Dem about the California Young Democrats Convention. And now we want to hear a little bit about the perspective of the California Democratic Party Convention. So, Lily, what is your role in the California Democratic Party? So I am the executive director of the County Central Committee, and I am also a delegate to the DSCC. So I vote on endorsements. Um, I go to convention and I vote on resolutions. I basically am part of a body of 3,400 delegates, give or take, in this party that make decisions for the state party. Awesome. And where do you see the greatest opportunity for unity within the county party? So it's kind of a low-hanging fruit, uh, definitely getting President Trump out of office, uh, making sure that he does not serve a second term. There's pretty much no Democrat that agrees that that's not or that disagrees that that's not the the highest priority that we have. Um, It is really important that we do find some common ground uh, moving forward and something that I heard when I was on the road a lot the past couple months working on one of these um, party chair campaigns was that people are still really hurting from the 2016 primary. And there's a lot of bad blood. There's a lot of misunderstanding and a lot of miscommunication between uh, groups of delegates and groups of party activists that supported um, one or the other of our two Democratic candidates last time. So it really is, you know, something that I think most people want to move forward. They want to move ahead. They want to come together. And I think that's just uh, what we've got on our plate in the next few months. What are some updates from the county party? So the county party just chartered or rechartered all of our clubs, um, except for the Woodland Club, which still working on bringing that one back together. Um, This is great news. It means that our uh, local clubs, which I believe there are six active right now in the county, uh, can continue to operate under the auspices of the party. It means that they will have a say in the endorsement convention, which is coming up. Um, every club gets a certain number of delegates to send to this convention, where we decide on the endorsements for every um, office except for the president. The California State Party does not endorse in the presidential race. We do get involved once the primary is over. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, (laughs) For those who are unfamiliar, how does convention work um, for CDP and who gets to go? So convention happens once or twice a year for the general body. And then we have two to three other um, kind of mini conventions for the executive board, which is a smaller group of about 333 delegates. Um, So what we just had a couple weeks ago was the general convention We did have a special election, so we were voting on our um, replacement chair. For many of you who know that we had a um, scandal, a a really horrible um, series of incidents where our past chair was abusing staff and uh, members of the party and had to step down. So this last convention, we actually had an election to replace him. Um, We did elect a new chair (laughs) named Rusty Hicks. 
And then in addition to that election, we had to conduct our usual party business. So this means um, everything from passing resolutions, uh, reviewing complaints, um, updating credentials, uh, and then also to top it all off, in addition to everything else we had going on, we had 14 presidential candidates um, from the Democratic Party speaking at the various caucuses, um, speaking to the membership, and then having meetings with some of the party leaders as well. So it was a lot of fun. There was a lot going on. It was pretty wild to just you know walk through the hallways and see senators and people running for president um, and to just get to be a part of a really large and robust and active party. Sounds like a really busy weekend in San Francisco. Um, what were some notable moments during convention and what were some resolutions that passed that were also of note? So um, I honestly did not get to pay attention to the resolutions process this time because, as I said, I was working on a campaign, so I was pretty wrapped up with that. But um, the cool thing is, is that the state party actually puts out a list of the resolutions and you can find all our past resolutions at kadem.org, which is C-A-D-E-M.org. Uh, I'm not sure the resolutions from this past convention have been posted yet, but they will be pretty soon. Um, so the resolutions process is really interesting because you can actually, any um, member of the party can introduce a resolution. They go through a process of getting sponsors, so different clubs, um, electeds. Uh, you can put out a document online, try and gather signatures and support for it. It then goes before the resolutions committee, at which point um, they can make recommendations, they can pull it, they can vote it down, or they can vote it up. Um, it's it's a really interesting process, and I really encourage anyone who is curious about how we do things in the party to actually just go to a convention. It's a really, really fun um, process, and it's something that I did before I became a delegate. And I got to give testimony on resolutions. I got to pack the room, um, which is something that we do as activists when we have an important resolution or a piece of legislation that's being voted on. Uh, and we want to demonstrate our support or opposition. We we physically get as many people into the room as possible um, to be witnesses, to give testimony. And it's a really um, kind of adrenaline-packed process. People think that politics are boring, but uh, I always have pretty much the most fun and most excitement at these conventions. It sounds like live action organizing. It is. <laughs> so you mentioned um, being a delegate and all of that. What do we expect of our assembly district delegates? And if you mind going over what that is very briefly uh, during this post-convention and pre-primary time. Sure. So our um, assembly delegates called ADEMS for short are uh, a a third of the party, essentially, a third of this 3,400 membership body that I talked about. And they originated as a compromise between party activists and the legislature because not too long ago, I think even just 10 years ago or so, um, I could be totally wrong on that. But in the recent past, um, it used to be that all the delegates to the state party were appointed by the legislature. This means that it was just kind of a self-fulfilling, uh, you know, the delegates or the electeds would appoint delegates, the delegates would vote to endorse the um, electeds, and it just kind of, you know, kept the cycle closed. And the electeds also had a lot more delegate appointments. So as a compromise, what was pushed through was this um, cre the creation of the body of the ADEMs. And these are uh, generally activists and organizers who are directly voted on by the public. We have these um, elections every other January in off-election years. 
And every assembly district in the state, which I think is around 50, no, it's 58 counties, it's closer to 80 assembly districts, um, gets 14 ADEMs. And altogether, that creates a body of about a third of the party um, that really rewards people who are out in the community um, organizing, people who are, you know, networking, who are putting together their kind of local activist programs. And these ADEMs, as they're called, in Yolo County, um, we have a very special setup. There's only other one other county that allows their ADEMs to be seated on the Central Committee. So we're really fortunate here in Yolo that... Um, we have a really robust activism body within our central committee, um, which isn't to say that the appointed delegates aren't activists in their own rights, but um, the the ADEMs between this last convention and the next convention, which will be in September, I believe, uh, have to do some work um, thinking about whether or not they want to pull anyone from the automatic endorsements. Um, what happens in the party is that we have... Democratic incumbents, so say an assembly person or a state senator or a um, congressperson, if they're a Democrat, they are automatically added to what we call the consent calendar um, for endorsements. So if they are on the consent calendar at the endorsement convention, which is our next one, they automatically get the party endorsement. And what this means and what I actually talked about last time I was on the show um, this gives them a lot of access to fundraising and uh, essentially like resources and money <laughs> into their campaign that they really need, especially if they're in a you know heavy fight in their district. So it really is important because we have such a you know strong party in the state for Democrats running for office to keep to get and to keep the party endorsement. And as delegates, we have the power to pull them from the endorsement calendar if we feel for any reason that they're not living up to the promises that they made, you know, as Democrats to build the party to answer to their constituencies. So um, I imagine around the state, a lot of ADEMs and other delegates will be pondering whether or not they want to um, pull anyone from the endorsement calendar. Um, honestly, fundraising to get to convention is a really big part of being a delegate. And it was a really contentious issue that our last convention happened in San Francisco because it was so expensive. Um, a lot of people just really broke the bank to get there. And it's something that um, I really honor everyone in this party who takes on this tremendous financial commitment to go and build the party and show up. So um, hopefully, the I know the next convention will be in Long Beach, which is for those of us in the northern part of the state, it, there's the cost to get down there. But generally, Food and lodging and everything is a little bit cheaper, but I always encourage people to be fundraising or setting aside some savings um, between conventions. Another thing our ADEMs can be doing is just um, being out in the community. So I am the chair of our outreach committee on the um, central committee, and I'm hoping you know as many of our delegates as possible will participate in that because we really have to be out in our community talking to Democrats, talking to NPPs and getting them a little bit more invested in the party and um, showing, you know, really showing the power of our party locally. Speaking of showing the power of the party locally, Lily, you're from Winters. Um, what kind of orga um, organizing work have you or have others um, in the party been working on there recently? So um, our West Yolo Democratic Party, which is generally headquartered in Winters, um, 
is a fabulous party. It's made up of really strong activists. Um, and I know that the president, the current president of the club, Cynthia Rodriguez, has put together a really powerful um, forum. So she and other Democrats in the club have been working on a set of democratic values that they you know, hammered out over many months. Um, it's a beautiful document. And they have been hosting local meetings to the general public. You know, Anyone is invited where they take kind of one topic at a time, break it down and have a really, um, you know, kind of round table about what it means to them in regards to this topic. So like, say, the environment, environmental justice, or a woman's right to choose, or, um, you know, a robust economy, whatever it means to be, to them to be a Democrat, um, and to, to really bring in the community as a like a cooperative force on this document. So I know that's been going on um, in winters. We do also have a couple council races coming up. And this may surprise some people, but uh, we do not have a Democratic majority in the winter city council. So I imagine um, that we will see some party activism around hopefully trying to flip the council. Uh, None of the Republicans are terrible people, but it would be really nice um, especially with some of the local fights that we're facing with the environment, um, with growth, with uh, immigration justice, that we can rely on a Democratic majority in the Winter City Council. Looking forward to that. Um, Recently, the county party heard from our very own State Senator Bill Dodd. Uh, How did that conversation go? Well, you know, I hope Senator Dodd comes back. It's really nice to have our elected representatives coming to central committees. Now, um, up in our less populated areas of the state, like ours, a single representative has many counties that they answer to. In LA, uh, and a representative has a tiny chunk of one county. So it's a little easier for them to have a relationship directly with their central committee, with their local activist groups, because geographically their their districts are just tiny compared to ours. So we understand that you know the senators spread a little thin, but it uh, it was really nice to finally hear from him and to hear what he's been working on. He definitely has a fight on his hands getting PG&E. Um, he's he's part of the concerted push to really hold PG&E, PG&E accountable and to take the burden off of the ratepayers. And this is something that um, has been an ongoing frustration for many years that every time PG&E messes up and causes a natural disaster or an explosion, um, they essentially hold the state hostage by threatening to turn off the power or raise rates. And because they're a privately owned company, they really can do whatever they want. Um, as an energy-providing monopoly. So Governor Newsom has committed to holding them accountable, to not giving them a pass every time they do something bad, uh, and not bailing them out using the right pair of money. So Senator Dodd talked with us a little bit about the uh, the bills that he's working on in that regard. Um, he also talked about our wildfire alert system, which needs to be improved and expanded. There's a lot of us, especially out in the hills, that um, if we don't have great cell signal, if we're not on Wi-Fi, we're not getting the alerts. And that can be the difference between life and death for people who need to evacuate. So overall, I feel like he's doing some really good work. Um, And the the interesting part of the meeting happened when uh, we asked him about his endorsement of a 
of a non-Democrat in the DA's race from a couple years ago. So for those of you who are not familiar, um, our current DA was an incumbent. He's no party preference, but many people in the community believes that he uh, behaves and legislates as if he was a conservative Republican. And this has um, had some really serious consequences for people, primarily people of color, um, people in poorer communities in our county who feel um, and and have very much been targeted by some pretty bad policies coming out of his office. So in this race, when he was running for re-election, we had a Democratic candidate, Dean Johansson, who was endorsed by our central committee and therefore by the Democratic Party of California. And um, Senator Dodd, along with most of our other electeds, chose to endorse Jeff Reising against our endorsed Democrat. Now, there were, you know, some justifiable concerns or reasons for this. One is that Reising um, announced his plans to run again very, very early. That's a really key part of getting the endorsement is to get there first. And it can be very awkward for people to rescind or do a dual endorsement. So um, if he had just kind of left it at that, I think the body might have actually been like, all right, you know, don't do it again. Please, you know, consider <laughs> prioritizing, you know, our Democratic endorsed candidates. Um, it's really important to us. We need to build the party. But he ended up actually kind of doubling down. And in the in the meeting said that he said it before and he'll say it again. If a Republican at a local level. Now, keep in mind that all our local level races from county supervisor down are nonpartisan. This does not mean that it doesn't matter if the person in office is a Democrat or Republican. It just means that um, technically those races are nonpartisan. Their party is not listed on the ballot. Um, but, of course, it's impossible that the idea of, um, you know, their their own political biases not coming into the office are, you know, it, it, it happens. So um, we still fight for Democrats in nonpartisan races because as a party, that's what we're here to do. We're here to build the party from the top to the bottom. And when Dodd got up in front of the Central Committee, what he told us was that if a Republican has endorsed him before, or he has endorsed that Republican before, or they were friends and he had endorsed back when he was a Republican, um, Senator Dodd switched parties before he became an assembly member and then a senator, uh, then he would endorse them again. And he said this in a manner that, um, you know, we felt was kind of like, it, it wasn't like a, hey, everyone, I, I know this is hard for you to hear, but I need you to understand where you're coming from. He he just kind of delivered it in this, well, I did it before, I'm going to do it again, and that's how I roll. And it didn't go over <laughs> really well with the Central Committee. Oh, no. And it doesn't go over well with me, you know, as someone who's here to build the party. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed in his statement. And I hope that, you know, he'll continue to take meetings with us about this because we, we can't help our Democratic electeds if we don't have a strong party. Um, we can't get our local party, you know, at a city council, at a school board, at a water commission. Um, all, all these nonpartisan positions have really uh, big consequences for people in local constituencies um, when we don't have good Democrats in office. So I don't think he's a terrible person. I think he's done a lot of good work. But I think we have work to do with him on, you know, really getting him to 
to help us build the party. And part of that is endorsing Democrats at all levels, regardless of friendships, um, regardless of past votes. Uh, Democrats are here to support each other. Now, why was that DA's race in Yellow County so important? So this is a really great example of how a nonpartisan race um, really impacts people's lives. And um, the our current DA is, uh, you know, has done, you know, some good stuff in the county, but he's also been in charge of, um, uh, for example, a gang task force, which targeted um, people in our uh, Broderick and Bright neighborhoods of West Sacramento, um, youth of color. Uh, it was basically a really heavy handed and racist um, task force that, that had a really deep impact on the community. And it took local activists pushing back really, really hard um, to to get that program ended. Um, we've had some, you know, regressive drug policy. We've had uh, just a huge, huge number of felony charges that um, end up wasting tons and tons of taxpayer money. Most of them get dismissed. It means that we have one of the highest rates of jury duty in the state. We have some of the highest rates of incarceration of youth of color um, and people of color in the state. And it's it's a really important position to focus on that, uh, that the general voting population often does not pay attention to. So I'm really actually encouraged to see as a national movement that we've got a DA reform movement going on. Larry Krasner um, is kind of the de facto leader. His, his um, policy in Philadelphia has been incredible. We've got Chesa Boudin running in San Francisco um, as the child of uh, incarcerated, you know, he grew up with his parents incarcerated and um, has a, a really depthful understanding of social justice and how these punitive programs really tear apart and impact families and entire communities. So when we as a party, as Democrats, get involved in a nonpartisan race, we're bringing the full weight of our democratic values to that race. Um, and with that endorsement and with that, uh, you know, set of resources, we're bringing state party, um, you know, recognition we're, we're bringing a whole organized body to bear behind a candidate that we believe in because they're standing up for our democratic values. And this is why we ask and why we encourage and why we demand in some cases that um, the people that enjoy the benefits of our Democratic Party resources, activism, door knocking, phone calls, mailers, um, donations, that they you know help us in this fight because the fight to get Trump out of office starts at the at, at home. And when we don't have democratic values showing up in our local communities in the form of our elected leadership, it's really hard to get the voter invested in this idea that any politics matters to them. If things don't change in their backyard, if they don't change in their neighborhoods, then it doesn't really matter to them, you know, what the guy 3,000 miles away is doing because their lives are negatively impacted no matter what. And Broderick is a community, not a gang. Exactly. Are there any upcoming events uh, for the county party this summer? So um, we have a really dynamic and awesome anti-racism speaker, Tim Wise, who are um, one of our delegates and party activists, Maria Grijalva, has gotten to come talk to us. Uh, it's going to be an amazing event. That It's Friday, July 26th in Woodland. We still haven't quite pinpointed a location. She's working on either the community college or the opera house, but... Um, if you want to find out more, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash YOLO Dems. 
we've got the county fair coming up again. And I remember I was here on the podcast about this time last year talking about the county fair. Um, This is an awesome five-day community event in Woodland. And the Democrats always have a table. So we would love to see as many members from the community uh, from Indivisible uh, just showing up, showing some support, talking to our local candidates. We give them the chance to table um, at the fair. And it's just a really good time for the family. Um, And I thought we had something else, but I've forgotten. If you have any questions about our events and you want to see our events coming up, um, our website is currently under construction. We have a fantastic new communications committee that is overhauling all our social media, our website, our mailing lists. They're doing an incredible job, and we're all so, so grateful. Um, In the meantime, the best place to get information now and ongoing is our Facebook page. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash YOLO Dems. Now, to end on a light note, how do you see the county party making the most impact to dismantle systems of oppression and go against the status quo that is upholding white supremacy? Well, that's an incredibly easy question. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, as as a party, we pride ourselves, especially here in California, on being incredibly progressive in lifting up and defending and um, empowering our our historically most oppressed communities. And so, as I said before, it's, it starts at home. And the more people that we have who are involved in their communities already doing this work or wanting to get involved in this work, the more that they bring their energy to the party and show up at our central committee meetings, show up at our Democratic clubs, introduce resolutions, talk to our electeds. Um, you know, it's part of it is, yes, getting more women and people of color and all genders and sexual orientations elected. And we've actually done really, really well in that in the past few years. We have um, Gloria Partida, Melissa Moreno, um, Martha Guerrero. Um, we have Cindy Pickett. We have all these like incredible female women of color candidates who have who've really benefited from, um, you know, community support. And and the Democratic Party has been really proud to get behind him behind them. So we want to keep this trend going, but they can only do their best work if the whole community is showing up to support them. So to this end, we're really, really appreciative of the work of Indivisible YOLO. We know that this group has done just really incredible work supporting our local candidates, our local initiatives, holding our electeds accountable. And it really is up to all of us um, to you know, hold each other accountable, to move our programs forward. And the only way that you know, we can do this is together. Now, where does the County Democratic Party Central Committee meet? And how often? So as of now, we have a floating body. We don't have a headquarters, but we try to rotate around the county. So if we don't have um, a spot nailed down in West Sacramento, Davis, or Winters, we tend to meet at the courthouse uh, or across the street from the courthouse in Woodland. We meet the third Monday of every month uh, at 7 p.m. The meetings are generally two hours and anyone is welcome. Um, We don't ask anyone to provide proof that they're a Democrat, but um, we, you know, we have these meetings open to the public. So if you have something that you're working on and you're not a you know, elected member of the Central Committee or an appointed member, you're still welcome to come to us to show us um, what you're working on, to ask for our help and to to start, you know, the process of getting the party, um, getting behind your initiatives and your programs with, you know, our, our platform, our values and our resources. Well, Lily, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you so much. That was Lily Starling, Executive Director of the Yolo County Democratic Party.
So for those interested in joining Indivisible YOLO during many of our nonpartisan events during the week, you're welcome to join us on Tuesdays at 10.30 a.m. for Action Coffee at Easel Cafe in Davis, on Thursdays from 6 to 7 p.m. for Beer Nights at Super Owl Brewery at the Westlake Plaza in Davis, and for Sunday Morning Cafefe, which is from 10.30 a.m. to noon, and that location does rotate, and you're welcome to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Indivisible YOLO. Again, that is facebook.com forward slash Indivisible YOLO for the location of Sunday Morning Cafefe as well as all of our events. And we have this super fabulous mobile application called Amplify, developed by our neighbors at Indivisible San Francisco. It makes calling your representative super easy. One of the reasons that I personally use it instead of other calling apps is because it is specifically tailored to contact our local and state representatives for Yolo County. This means that my calls make the most impact in moving those representatives on issues I care about. If you would like to get this app, it is fairly easy. You just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download it to your phone. You'll need a team code to get in on the Indivisible YOLO actions, and the code is 393-849971. Again, that is 393-849971, and that will get you on our team. As always, thanks for listening.